Maybe that could be our angle. Like, <clears throat> okay. the holidays are here. Holidays are here. Do you ever want to just bite your family in the neck? <laughs> <laughs> ever just want to delve deep into your family's cursed past? <laughs> So you ever sit at the Thanksgiving Day table and think, damn, this family's cursed. Well, let's get this show started. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch movies that were adapted from books. Let's do this. Welcome to the Real Readers Podcast. And we're going to talk about everything, Kat. Where the pages meet the screen and we talk about everything in between. Books, TV, films, short stories, and comics. With your host, Steph and Kat. Show me the mummy! What is up, Real Readers? Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Sev. And I'm your host, Kat. What is up, Kat? It's good to see you. I got to see you this last weekend. Yeah, we did some fun podcast stuff. Some fun podcast stuff. We got a few little snappy snaps over in some libraries. Um, We didn't read any books and we didn't get any library cards, but we did get some good pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Feel bad about that. Yeah. We We were on a tight schedule, though. We were. We had shit to do that day. <clears throat> so what have you been up to recently? Okay, so so I don't know if you're very much into video games. I'm not really a gamer, but I, I appreciate them. Same, 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 same. So lately, and I only know this game because of my boyfriend Josh, who will watch streams. And apparently there's like, it's the Super Bowl of the gaming world for this particular game called League of Legends. And I apologize for our listeners who do happen to know what this is about. Because <laughs> I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> Chime in you gamers, tell us about this stuff. Netflix just released a series based off of this video game League of Legends called Arcane League of Legends. And when I say it is so freaking good. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like, don't even know anything about the game don't even know anything about the characters about the world anything so i figured like he'd be into it so i asked him if he just wanted to start watching it so we start watching it like by the end of the first episode i'm hooked so and you're watching it's it's a show based on a game or it's a game that you were watching it's a show based on a game on a game Mm -hmm. okay got it. yeah netflix has been releasing three episodes every weekend so coming up on the 20th is going to be the final three episodes or I, I think the end of the first season, I, I don't know if they're anticipating another season. It feels like it because it's so good. Like the, the production value is amazing. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. As far as like the animation, the story, which I would assume would probably come from the game. Um, It just feels so complex though. Like there's a lot of complexity to it. Like the characters are well-developed and well-rounded. The voice acting is phenomenal. Like it's just, I'm hooked. I'm absolutely hooked. So Dang, dude. All right. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm down to watch it. So just to to describe it, it's kind of like steam steampunkish. Oh, okay. Is, yeah, yeah. I guess the aesthetic. So if you're into that, I would highly suggest that it might surprise you. Okay. Yeah, I've been I'll be down for that too. That's that sounds awesome. You know, it's funny because I like I'm a huge Batman fan. We all know that. No, that's no secret here. But um, I'm not a gamer, so I like I didn't play like the Arkham games, mm-hmm. but I was like obsessed with the Arkham games and like Ernesto 
would Ernesto would play, so I would like go over all the times like Sir play. He's like, Sir, do you want to play? Like you can play. I was like, No, 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 no. I just want to watch you play. <laughs> I'm the same way because I personally I suck at video games. Like my hand eye coordination same. just sucks so bad, and like I also have this like really weird fear of like dying in the game like messing <laughs> up and dying in the game and that's the point right i mean yeah, yeah. it's a game for a reason i get frustrated yeah but yeah so i just like that anxiety that fear of like possibly dying in a video game keeps me like the only video game i'll, I'll, I'll really play is skyrim <laughs> <laughs> that's my go-to video game <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to do like fun stuff that like has no there's like there's nothing to do with it. Like, right. Like, like I loved like the whole Grand Theft Auto idea where it was just like just run around and do shit. Yeah. <laughs> just go nuts. Yeah, just go nuts. I have no I don't care. I don't I don't be sent on any missions or anything. Don't give me don't give me work to I, do. I ain't trying to do anything. I'm just trying to live my best yeah, life. Yeah, I'm just trying to de stress after my day. I don't wanna have to go on a fucking mission to find Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand because like especially when games have really cool art and concept mm-hmm. art oh my god i live for that oh yeah dude. live for that that's that that's really cool and what's that on you said uh, it's on netflix um, Noise. Yeah. arcane league of legends Nice, nice. I have to check that one out. Um, I've kind of, uh, or not kind of, I have been really involved with Dexter recently, the new um, the new series, Dexter okay. New Blood. Yeah. Um, I was a Dexter fan when it was out, um, so I watched it real time when everything was happening, so you kind of need refreshers, but luckily um, uh, my roommate Lucy has w- became obsessed with Dexter during the pandemic and during quarantine, so she, <laughs> I think she binged like all seven or eight seasons in like two days (laughs) coming out of her room she was like i'm done i was like how (laughs) and she's like i need more i was like well good news you know um they are going to be doing another show so yeah they ended up um bringing dexter back it's on showtime it's called Dexter New Blood. It's um, an American crime drama uh, mystery miniseries developed for Showtime as a continuation from the series Dexter that was developed by the original series showrunner Clyde Phillips and the director Marcos uh, Siga, I believe is how you say his name. Um, but they've released two episodes. It's a weekly um, release right now. We're waiting for um, episode three. Um and it, you know what? It's. I will say this. I am because I talked about this the other day with um with some people, and they're like, "How do you feel about it?" I like it. It's a slow burn right now. Like it's kind of starting off kind of slow, but I'm hoping it picks up soon because I see the potential of what they're kind of going for. I just hope that they're not trying to please their past audience and not just pleasing their past audience, but also pleasing the past audience and pleasing the new people that might be watching the show as well too now, like the new fans. Mm-hmm. Because and they did they've done a good job of like not like harboring on the past too too much. So, you know, Deb's there and people are like, "Well, who's that?" And like so if you never watched it, mm-hmm. they like Yeah, you'll get some backstory and stuff. However, you know, you can tell that there's like, you know, there's some new stuff going on. And but I just I I needed to pick up because I we're we've talked about this before where it's like, hey, you know what? We're not into the whole 24, 25 episodes Mm -hmm. anymore. Like we don't want the fluff anymore. Like tell me the story. Yeah. Show it to me in like 10 to 13 episodes and let's get this party started. I'd rather see a 13 part series that has a wonderful story than a 24 yeah. episode series that has like a shitload of fluff in it. Yeah. Um. So. So, yeah. So I think I, I think they just need to go ahead and pick it up and just like go with it. But we've I've really been enjoying Dexter um, New Blood so far. Um, it's on Showtime. They're releasing it um, weekly. 
my little group of friends have been having fun with it. Like um, my friend Sonia, she's been hosting Dexter and Dinner or Dinner and Dexter Aww, on Sunday nights. So yeah, so great. yeah, like a big old group of us go have dinner and then we all sit in the living room and watch Dexter. So I was like, this is fun. I'm enjoying this Aww, like weekly yay. ritual now. I mean, yeah, you and your friends all get together and watch murder. <laughs> murder. Uh, what friendships are made of. Dinner with a side of murder. <laughs> murder. <laughs> <laughs> greatest of times mm -hmm. these were the best of times um uh, let me see what else have i been what kind else? of obsessing over actually you know what i have been obsessing over i love lucy again because they just um oh, paramount yeah. recently released the full trailer for um being the ricardos nicole kidman as lucille ball and javier bardem as desi arnez it looks beautiful i'm super excited about it um there's it's gonna take place within a week so they're going to start off on a Monday at a table read and end on a Friday when they tape. But within that week, there's events that are going to happen that could ruin their careers and also ruin their marriage. You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I know a lot of this stuff because I read about it. Yeah. But I um, <clears throat> so I, I kind of just been revisiting the episodes of I Love Lucy. And the other day I was just laughing my ass off. <laughs> and and Lucy had came, uh, ironically, Lucy came out and she was like, what are you laughing at? I was like, I love Lucy. This shit is still fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> she still got it. Uh, she still got it, that old girl. She's got it yeah. still. But so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I was kind of taken aback at the fact that they casted um, Nicole Kidman. Nicole. Yeah, I was just like, what? I'm right there what with you, dude. Like, I was the trailer though they don't really show her yeah and that the, was so, so that first one the, the teaser trailer uh -huh. they don't really show her okay. the new full trailer you just okay see her. okay yeah. i need to i need to watch that then it was must have been watching the trailer because i was like why aren't they showing her this is yeah i think they i what? think they were kind of just giving you the at like kind of like ooh, getting excited yeah. about it um but i know a lot of people were against it as i as was i i wasn't on board too much about it because when i when i think of lucille ball i don't think nicole kidman but then it was one of those things where it's like listen her daughter their daughter had said listen this is not a remake of i love lucy this is a story about lucille ball mm -hmm. and desi arnez so don't go into the aspects of being like oh my god it's yeah. not lucy ricardo or ricky ricardo mm -hmm. and i was like okay that changes things a little yeah. bit and then when i saw the trailer and nicole starts to speak and she my god she sounds just like yeah. her and I was just like, holy shit, I'm here. I'm ready for it. I'm new. I'm ready. ready. It does. I will say that after watching the teaser, I felt like, okay, this is definitely going to make me cry, isn't it? Yeah. And, <laughs> I, and yeah. I'm like, going seriously. to get emotional I, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. And then speaking of trailers, um, uh, this week, finally, Marvel has released the long-awaited Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. We have only had a teaser and two days ago, actually, you know, yesterday, what, what is today? Thursday. Today's Thursday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they released Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. So by this point, um, when you actually hear this, um, this episode at the moment, it's like less than 30 days till, um, Spider-Man No Way Home. And I am just impressed with Marvel. I mean, you have to be so confident in your film to only release the teaser trailer just about a month ago and then that was it and then it's like all right we're not gonna release the official trailer 
yet <laughs> and you're like wait but you have like a month and a half before you release the film and they're like yeah we know oh yeah <laughs> but we also know you're gonna go see it no matter what yeah they knew people were hooked no matter what like yeah i was like damn dude like that's awesome like you're you're able to like you have that control over your audience already because it's like damn it you know what i'm not gonna go see this god damn it yes i am yes, <laughs> it's like yes i am and, I, I and they released it Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. No, no. I was going to say something really stupid. Well, then go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I came across this meme on Facebook and I hate myself because I didn't save it in the moment. I just laughed and I was like, ha, kept scrolling. But it was something like the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer promising everything like, and it had a, it was like a poster of the movie, but it had like every single character you could possibly imagine and i think like up in the sky too it had like jesus yeah like everybody's <laughs> like gonna everybody. be in this film <laughs> like we're making all these promises yeah dude i loved it i've seen some like that as well too like all the people that are gonna show up they're like dwight from the office <laughs> <laughs> helping spider-man out but yes of course and those that don't know of course what we are all waiting for um spider-man no way home is going to be um dealing with the multiverse so and then as we've learned from the teaser trailer and from the new trailer as well too um alfred molina is returning as doc ock and for those that don't know alfred molina's um doc ock was in the toby Maguire version of spider-man back in the two early 2000s Along with Willem Dafoe is returning as the Green Goblin, who also was from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. And then we also noticed that Jamie Foxx has returned. They were part of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man universe and those films as well, too. So two plus two equals clearly all three Spider-Men. So, of course, we didn't see Toby or Andrew in the um, in the trailer, but they deny it. They keep denying it. But I mean, come on. You're not. You, you can't. Trail. <laughs> yeah, you can't piss us off that much. Like you, there's no way that you would be able to do do this and be like, you know what? We're not gonna bring anybody in. It's just Tom Holland. I mean, I love Tom Holland, but ugh, you think I really want to see Tom Holland battle everybody else out and not have help from <laughs> at least some other kind of Spider-Man? At least. Oh, so did you ever watch Spider-Man Into the Multiverse? Oh my god, the I animated love that film. One. So good, right? That's like the best Spider-Man movie. Uh, I can't wait for. Yeah, I'm 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 super pumped about that. And also, I feel like they're going to like move forward. Like recently Tom Holland had made a mention. He was like, "You know what? I'm ready to hang this up, pass it along to the next person." Hopefully, maybe Miles Morales will take his his turn as Spider-Man, which I think is great. I, and I really would That'd love cool. to see. Yeah, I would love to see Miles portrayed in film. Um, I've said it once. I'll say it again. Representation matters. I'm excited to see something along the lines other than Peter Parker, <laughs> you know, taking on that mantle. Parker, yeah. Also, I misspoke. I meant into the Spider-Verse. I, I really don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, what did you say? The multiverse. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Same thing. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Potato, vodka, whatever. It's all the same. Whatever. <laughs> Um, and, but yeah, so that's been some of the news recently. Oh, also, um, I think I shared this on our Instagram account. If you're not following our Instagram account, uh, do it. I'm starting. We're starting to have a little bit of fun with it. We're putting some news in there. We're also adding some games and some questions and some all these other good stuff. So if you're not following us on um, Instagram, follow us at Real Readers. That's R E E L Readers Instagram. And also, Cat, we are on out on Facebook. We have right our now. own. Facebook. Um, uh, yeah, we have our own fan page. 
and we're we have over a hundred likes and a, over a hundred um, followers at the moment. So and we're growing and we just started it. So we're super excited that you're here. Um, we're super excited that you've joined in on the fun. That's so um, we hope if you have anything to say, message us. We would yeah. love your suggestions. We'd love your questions. So talk just, to us, write to us, tell us something. Tell us about your day. <laughs> tell us some fun stories. Yeah, tell us a fun story. Maybe we'll like talk about it on here. We'll keep your name out of it unless you want us to Unless say your you name. want us to put it put you on blast. Unless, I'll put you on blast. I will. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do it. He'll put he I'll puts do me it. on blast all and the I'll do it. time. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> um uh, let's see. What else is going on in news today or in entertainment news? Oh, that was the other thing. That's what I was gonna say. What? There's Encanto coming out. I'm super excited for that little yes. cherry of a movie. It looks so that sweet. little chestnut. It looks so sweet. It does, dude. And you know what? And I'm super pumped about that because Coco had me bawling my eyes out by the end of that film. So I can, again, Disney will probably do the exact same thing with that one. Yeah, I'm definitely crying. So actually, um, right now it is um, November 18th. Well, actually in two days. And by the time you hear this, it will already pass. But um, Michael Crichton's original novel, Jurassic Park, that was the source material for Steven Spielberg's groundbreaking blockbuster film um, of the same name, is turning... Let's see, where are we, 90? It's turning 30. Jesus. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be as old as... <laughs> Yeah, I was like, let me see. Let me just double check <laughs> I was like, there it is. So November 20th, 1990, Michael Crichton released Jurassic Park and completely changed storytelling. Damn. And little did we know that soon after that, that Steven Spielberg was going to change the film industry with just his his vision. He sold his soul to the devil, dude. You can't show he dinosaurs did. like that. He like, sold what? it That's to crazy. the mega dinosaur god. Yeah. Probably. You mean Jeff Goldblum? Yes. <laughs> Don't. Yes. Jeff Goldblum is a god. He is. Okay, <laughs> Good old Jeff. Oh, I love him. I do too. I need him oh. on a candle. <gasps> Am I oh right? God, I do, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have Moira and David Rose on ca- on religious candles. <laughs> yeah. <It's> so blasphemous. <laughs> Like I'm a firm believer. I think I think you know if I if I go to heaven, <laughs> you know I think God's gonna be like you know what you're pretty funny, dude. <laughs> All right, good, good. Oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> He's gonna be like, oh, you had that candle. I had it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, bro, that Jeff Goldblum candle's gold. Gold. I'm like, classic. yeah, man, Jesus. <laughs> no At least that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> or or I'm gonna die and I'm just gonna fall straight to hell. <laughs> Probably the latter. Speaking of hell. Thanks for joining us because this is what we're actually talking about today. Um, We are talking about Jerusalem's Lot, Stephen King's short story, which has been recently adapted into the epic's uh, miniseries, Chapelweight. I like how this show just... Well, not like how this show starts off with just death, but it's set in 1800s May, like the latter part of the 1800s. And it just seems like everybody's dying of something, like some plague. Yeah, some like sort everybody's of just sickly. I got a scrape <laughs> and now I am dead. <laughs> I walked outside and stepped on a rock. I shall plan my funeral. For real. 
Okay, I'm gonna give you a little bit of what Jerusalem's Lot is. It is a short story by Stephen King and was first published in King's 1978 collection, Night Shift. And the story was also printed in the illustrated edition of King's 1975 novel, Salem's Lot. It is the prequel to Salem's Lot. Honestly, I mean, it is, it's an easy read. It's an easy listen. If you're gonna listen on, um, oh, if you're gonna listen on Audible, I highly suggest it on Audible because John Glover reads it. And he is just a thespian when he comes to like present and acting for those of you that don't know who John Glover is um, for the Smallville fans John Glover was Lex Luthor's dad in the series and then he's also done other things as well too obviously he um, did Gremlins 2 the new batch he was in the 52 pickup he was in Batman and Robin he's the one that turned um, poison ivy into poison ivy brimstone of course and I mean he's just multiple things he's he's wonderful he's amazing um, but he he narrates the the story on audible and man it is just captivating it is just terrifying i was in suspense the entire time um but yeah so that's um that's the that's the short little version of what jerusalem's lot is cat go ahead and let them know what chapel weight is about chapel weight the 2021 epics original series uh released from august 22nd through october 31st so the last episode ended the coming of halloween follows the premise of captain charles boone and his children returning to the small town of preacher's quarters maine where a dark family history haunts them until confronted okay <laughs> nothing like bringing a family together like a little bit of death and curses death and curses that's what i always say <laughs> that's how i like to spend the holidays <laughs> um where do you want to start where do we get yeah i know i'm trying to figure out how do i want to start this one um uh, so i guess i'll start it the way that i actually started with the short story but i had okay. played it in the background like at mm -hmm. work one day and then realized that i wasn't listening yeah yeah i wasn't listening a but when i first started it i assumed that i was listening to just jerusalem's lot and mm -hmm. i didn't realize that i was listening to um night shift which oh, is the collection oh. of the short stories so as i was going yeah. through it and then there was one part i was like what the fuck is this like i thought there's like a vampire <laughs> story i was like what? who's this dude all of a sudden and then I was like, oh, it's dude, okay, yeah, cool. It's not until chapter five is Jerusalem's lot. It's an anthology, duh. stop it. Yeah, for real, dude. That's why we can't have nice things, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. That's okay. Um, I tried listening to an audio version of the story as well, and I was probably listening to the wrong one. It wasn't through Audible. It was just some <laughs> free one off of YouTube. And ah. I found myself like it was it was good I think it was a lot older oh yeah but I found myself also accidentally tuning it out when I was like trying to work or whatever so I just ended up reading, reading it. it yeah and you know what I probably should have done that too this was a short story so I I mean I could have I could have knocked that one out pretty easily um in like one evening it's it really is a short story if you listen to it on audible it's maybe about an hour and 15 minutes long um, so if you read it, I mean, that's, it's not going to take you much to do that as well, but, um, I will. So I went ahead and started chapel weight and I had messaged you. I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm going to start it. And I started it off and I, there are significant differences, Oh yeah. like huge differences. Like, I mean, obviously they, huge. they really, they really expanded on the story and really took it in its yeah. own like way. And yeah, they really did. Yeah, I mean, and, and which is great because I mean, it's awesome that you took the source material and there was a lot of things from the actual story that I did see happen in in the actual um series, but both are good on their own like standings. Yeah, the show is almost just like reimagined. Yeah. But the premise of the short story, do you, so the short story, the format of it is 
Yes, it's within it's within diaries and within letters. So you're reading, so you you're hearing the letters and you're hearing the journals. You're like from the journal of and from the letter of epistolary, epistolary, epistolary. Uh, who's pissed at Larry? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Who's Larry? And why are you pissed at him? Freaking Larry! Freaking Larry! Letting vampires in this bitch. <laughs> like seriously, man. Um, but you know what? I, I will say this. The obviously it's Stephen King. He's the master of horror when it comes to writing. That is another man who probably sold himself to the devil. How do you write this many novels? Oh yeah, that is definitely the devil. <laughs> it really is. Like, I mean, I'm not even gonna joke around. That's for that doesn't even deserve a laugh at the end of it. Like he sold his soul to the devil. Okay, I take I'll back laugh. my I'll laugh. laugh. <laughs> I'll take back my laugh. <laughs> I was like, this is serious cat. No. <laughs> Scold me! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, you know, it, it was, and then at the end of the short story, you realize that it's now a descendant of, you know, Charles Boone. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this and this and that. And within the story, one of the things that happens within the actual story is that they are hearing things within the wall. And they are, they're, they're certain that they have rats. They have rats. They have rats. And then there's a point where it's happening again and it's happening more and it's happening louder. And then finally, they're just like, all right, we need to get into this wall. And then they get into the wall and they find, you know, just this terrifying like setup. And, you know, I think one of the beauties about this story, the short story, is that there's a lot that's not explained and there's a lot that's not described. And usually I think I think in some sense that could be a cop out. But the way that it's written and like the way that Stephen King writes it, there's parts where he's like, you know what? I cannot even describe and I refuse to describe to you what it was that I saw. And then and then went into detail how he felt and how terrified he was trying to get out of the hole in the wall and trying to get out of there. And, and I was listening to Audible and I'm like, you know, sitting here and I'm like, well, what is it? Well, what is it? <laughs> and then they don't tell you. And I think that's even scarier in that sense, because I'm like, what the fuck was it? Like, t tell me what you saw. And one of the great things that they did in, in the show was that when they do the reveal, when you finally see the vampire, finally, the, the makeup is wonderful yeah. in this in this show. It's it's wonderful. I, I, I always have an issue with vampire films because I always feel that the lighting is always an issue. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm squinting the entire time. Oh, like, like it's too dark. Yeah, it's always dark. And, and, and I've always felt that way about like vampire films i'm like i know like like things flash by and i'm like what happened i don't i don't know what happened <laughs> they're like oh my god that was terrifying i was like was it i i missed it <laughs> can we have a flashback to like a beach scene for five minutes like i mean jesus christ so yeah so i think they did a really good job because when they did the reveal of the vampire and he was terrifying looking like i was just yeah. i was captivated and i was just staring i was like oh my god i do think that there was a lot of slow parts in this series it it was a slow burn in the beginning and i was like oh my god y'all i really don't know <laughs> see and like okay so both stories the show and the short story focus heavily on the ancestral home chapel eight mm -hmm. and chapel eight is the catalyst it's almost like haunting of hill house in that yeah. this ancestral home carries secrets, carries secrets of the family. Yeah. It's almost to the point you start to believe along with the characters that it, it is cursed itself. Yeah. The house is cursed, the inhabitants, whoever lives there suffers a curse. And of course, through the unfolding of the story, the short story, and 
especially in the way that the show took the story, you start to see that that curse stems from not necessarily the house. It's not not the house that's cursed. It's it's the family that's it, cursed. Yeah, it's the actual family because yeah. of this vampire Bible that one yeah. of the ancestors. <laughs> exactly what it is it's a vampire bible (laughs) i love the fact that the show took it in a very classic vampire aesthetic like the stake in the heart yes the the crosses i love that too yeah just you know your rent your basic vampire lore like you stake them in the heart you get yourself a cross you burn them in the face with it um if you if you got daylight daylight's on your side um yeah if you got anything holy anything holy's on your side (laughs) if you're on holy ground that works out for you and you know what i think it's crazy because usually i think we get tired of the normal tropes of what vampires are so then we got into that that mindset not mindset but we got into that that fad of being like all right vampires can live in the sun or (laughs) vampires can like do this and all this other stuff and or now vampires twinkle and you're like oh that that one's weird (laughs) and so so it was like all right cool like you have that and and you're like because you didn't really want to do the classic vampire thing that we all knew that we all knew and because like how do you make it new and fresh and now i feel like we're in that aspect of where i'm done with you giving me a modern version of a vampire and and also i think you know i think the the cool part was that they didn't know that you could stake them in the heart until like what the end of like episode nine or yeah, eight like, or something like towards that the end when- like when the, the when the curse and they put the the darkness into everything <laughs> yeah so for the show there are uh, 10 episodes and the plot moves along every episode like every episode does something to further the plot it is set during the late 1800s so it's it's a period of drama in that sense um but i feel like a lot of the mannerisms and then like the dialogue of the characters is actually more modern than like you know i don't know pride and prejudice or some type of like bbc period drama piece so if that's something that kind of turns you off from period pieces this show doesn't necessarily stick to like like an archaic way of of dialogue yes but anyway so you have um, the main character charles boone who's played by adrian brody he's a sea captain in the show and he has three children and he is written by his cousin um steven and he bequeaths the ancestral home bequeaths. of Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> always makes me laugh. Bequeaths. Potentially a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> the ancestral home of the Boone's chapel in in the story, um, besides Charles's children, like Charles is the last Boone of of that family line his wife dies at sea he ends up bringing his children with him it's a new start they're at chapel way and the town of preacher's corners by the way the town hates them y'all yeah they're full on like get the fuck out of like get out of here (laughs) so the town hates them for good reason you'll find out because well to be fair the town hates the family yeah the, the family despite who's in the family so yeah. by proxy they really dislike yeah. charles at the beginning of the series it starts off with a flashback from charles's childhood more specifically the night that his dad tried to kill him and bury him like outside the house because 
quote, the worm was coming and his dad's just mad. His dad's in a rage. His dad's mad. Like he's just muttering all these crazy things about the worm and the worm's coming and the worm doth corrupt, which is another thing from the short story. And he tells his son like blood calls the blood. And that's something that has obviously (laughs) never left Charles. Yeah. Left a lasting impression. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, and so yeah. Charles, as an adult who is played by Adrian Brody, mm. he always has this fear of becoming like his father, just unstable because we don't really get a sense of it until he's he arrives at Chapel Way, but he knows that there's something wrong with his ancestral line, like some sort of madness they've always succumbed to some sort of madness and so he's fearful someday he's gonna end up just like that so while he's at chapel wait things start happening he starts hearing things in the walls he thinks that it's rats um just like in the story and then of course when they go into town he's trying to restart the family business so the lumber mill and i think they had like a mining town which yeah. is jerusalem's lot the old mining town that his great grandfather had established we in the show see that the the town just blames a lot of misfortune that has fallen upon the town on this family because honestly a lot of the misfortune kind of is i mean it kind of does i mean within with good good reason like i mean it sucks yeah. but i mean it's true <laughs> Um, and, and you know what? I think one of the cool things about that is I really noticed that they really expanded on like the town's rejection of the new and foreign people because I mean, it, the amount of hate that comes from that town was not written into the, the short story. There's there's that one moment in the short story where he goes up and he sees a woman and he sees the terrifying look on her face when he sees him and she runs and then her husband comes out and he's like, get out of here and don't you come back. He's like, I just need this. And they're like, no, you're you're a boon. We see it in your eyes. Like, get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah. And, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and 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 then that's kind of it so you get the idea that they're not wanted there and that, that clearly that his family is what is, and, and they even say that in the story is that your family is what's brought this upon us so we, we don't want anything to do with you but man they really expanded that in this mini series where every single moment that they're in town or they're in front of anybody that's not rachel oh, i'm not rachel rebecca <laughs> played by emily hampshire <laughs> yeah those um schitt's creek fans uh <laughs> emily was um Stevie and and you know what her character you know it while while we're on that topic the character of Rebecca I saw her as this woman who's ahead of her time it, it just felt as if she was stuck in 1850 as opposed to yeah. you know like like she was stuck there she was way ahead of her um, ideologies and her thinking and everything else as well so that that was I think that was a beautifully written character for her and and I think she delivered it really well because I anytime she was on screen I found myself being like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if you, you're going to be good for this. Yeah. But then yeah. quickly I was like, oh, yeah. I like it. I agree. Okay, I, like I it. didn't like when they introduced her, I didn't quite know where that character was going to fit in. But in the progression of the episodes and of the story, yeah. like she fits in nicely. Like she becomes basically a part of the family. She becomes the governess um, and the caretaker of the boon children and, and it's because she identifies with them yeah. you know she's a female in the late 1800s and she's learned she went to college yeah, that was the thing she she's, she's actually has <laughs> yeah she's educated <laughs> educated a little 
and ultimately ended up sticking up um, for Charles and kind of became a little bit of a love interest there midway towards the yeah, end. Like, um, and you know what was fun about her character, at least for me, I was under the impression like she was she was almost like a red herring. Like I felt like she was going to have a twist and be like, all right, I'm it's it was me all along <laughs> or something like, you know what I mean? And because it, it had that th- it had that feel where she was like just almost a little she was just a little bit too yeah. kind to I mean, or she was a little bit too understanding she, yeah you're right but and then she was also kind of in there undercover a little bit because she had yeah a little bit of a hidden agenda which was to yeah infiltrate the family see what their business was about see what the curse was really about so she could you said infiltrate and i just thought of like <laughs> Ice Cube from Twenty One Jump Street, where he's like, "Infiltrate the dealer, find the supplier." Oh yeah, like infiltrate this this cursed family, find the vampire story. Um, yeah. which she didn't know at the time, but yeah, the, her agenda was to to find uh, inspiration for a fiction story that she was trying to sell for the magazine she was writing for at the time. Yeah. Well, um, I think we just found our title for the episode: "Infiltrate the family, find the vampire." <laughs> There you go. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, goodness gracious. Yes. Yeah, so vampire and families, like, where do we, let's talk about that. Because, so if, if yeah. you haven't realized yet, these are, um, the short story in the show have to do with a family of vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also within the story of Chapel Wait, it's there's that subplot of the process of becoming a vampire. Yeah. The, the the short story didn't do that because the short story yeah. was more along the lines of like what is this noise what is this discovery like what is this in general and then saying that they're vampires without really saying that they're vampires they have the mark of the beast is one of the things that they mentioned in the story mm-hmm. they have the mark of the beast and you're like all right but what does that mean like which beast and you're like all right yeah. i got it and then th- maybe it might be be from the the presentation of the of john glover's narration that added to it which i'm sure it is but there's also like the moment like when they go into the room and they see the cross upside down and he's like that is the the sign of you know satan's arrival or satan is present and everything like i you know i got goosebumps at one point and i was just like oh my god this is really scary and you're like oh yeah it's stephen king (laughs) he's about to creep you out son so i mean with the vampires you know that's in like chapel weight the the process of becoming the vampire is pretty clear first a vampire has to drink the blood of its victims and then if the victim drinks the vampire's blood in turn they will become the vampire themselves when yeah. they die. It's a tit yeah. for tat type thing. <laughs> you don't just get bitten like, ha ha, I am a vampire. It's like, no, you, you're right. I'm going to bite you. Then you bite me. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like as from what the show portrayed, the vampires had their vic or like, I don't, not their victims, but the people they fed off of um, were entranced by them or like in their thrall. So that, and that was the big reason why the town did not, like the family is because they blamed them for the spread of what they called the boon sickness yeah and and then then they kept referring to it as the sickness and yeah so in the town they had several people including several children succumb to this sickness where they would become very very tired very weak and just sickly and then they would just lose all color become pale um, and then eventually just die. And so the town connected it to the family. Um, 
at some point I think the minister there at the town had twins and that family lost their twins because the yeah. twins playmate was um the daughter of Stephen Boone um his daughter Marcella and so the wife of the preacher just always blamed that connection with the family for the for her children's death but come to find out later on in the series we realize that the sickness is actually the fact that the vampires from jerusalem's lot and Mm -hmm. um mainly philip yeah is this okay so here's the big here's the big reveal Uh, spoiler alert yeah Yeah, and you've known from the past episodes spoiler alerts are (laughs) are gonna happen we're gonna talk about both things so here's the deal charles comes to chapaway under the impression that his um his uncle philip Mm -hmm. and his cousin stephen have passed away have given the ghost yes until one little girl died. Freaking Susan. Her name's Susan. Freaking Can we just Susan. talk about like <laughs> this girl had the sickness, but she was popping up every the fuck where in town, like <laughs> unsupervised. Her parents unsupervised. had no idea. <laughs> what child is this? <laughs> She's just wandering around town, being creepy as fuck, like saying things. Like, you, like, ugh, get him out of here. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, so Susan passes away, but before she dies, she tells her mother that that Stephen Boone was her killer. And so, in order to prove her mother wrong, Charles Boone decides to go dig up his cousin and his uncle's bodies, when lo and behold, he discovers that they're, in fact, empty. Yeah. Eventually, we find out the big reveal is that Philip and Stephen turned into vampires yeah. themselves, yeah. which unravels an even larger chunk of the whole plot that is Jerusalem's lot and Jacob, their vampire lord. Yeah. Mary Mary gets sick, right? Is it Mary that gets sick? or The constable's wife? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary. Mary, Mary. Right? Yeah, okay, Mary. Yeah. Yeah, so, cuz I mean cuz I was going to say like there's a part where like Mary she like confesses she like, she confesses like she that that she believes God has already visited her and then which reveals that it's like it was Philip that has tricked Mary into believing that she is undergoing like a divine like transformation because and then like cuz the constable was like really like because George believes like his wife um a particular like woman of her stature would like never truly want to become a vampire. But Philip like had tricked her into. It yeah, all. I think that was part of like vampire. Like the the whole hold onto them. Like yes. whenever you like, yeah. get, what like what was it they they called it in like True Blood, the um gla- glamour they called it glamouring. <laughs> like, glamour. Did you glamour me? Was like, oh, that was always a weird one. <laughs> or then like what was it in Twilight? I imprinted on you. Oh, oh no, that was Jacob. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's I guess kind of like the the power or the magic of yeah of the classic vampires that they mm. ensnare their prey or whatnot and they have hold on them. Um, and so yeah, and that's what they yeah. that's what the house. So there was a housekeeper of Chapel Wait when Charles first arrived there. 
showed him around, told him, like, okay, this is this, that's that. And he was like, well, won't you stay on and help me? And she was like, nah. Nah, son. <laughs> like, nah, you're on your own. <laughs> I'm done like, with nah, this. Peace out. I'll see you later. And they didn't understand why, or they wouldn't find out why until later on. And they realized that this entire time she knew what was going on, that Philip and Stephen were, were vampires, and that... um Steven's daughter tragically died because of because of the fact that they were vampires and she was trying to hide the vampire bible from them um Jacob wants the vampire bible to bring about the end of the world the end of the human the end of humanity's reign so that vampires may bring about the darkness so that they can live their life um, no longer in the shadows and have an endless supply um, for feeding and bring forth what he calls the worm. And Philip and Stephen have it in their minds that they want the book so that they can bring about the same exact thing, but instead they're going to be on top. And so Marcella, still being human and knowing that this is a bad thing, um, tries to keep the book from her father and from her, her grandfather um, and ultimately ends up paying the price with her life trying to hide that book from them yeah. um but yeah so the entire time the housekeeper knew all this and didn't say a single thing until the very end until charles came knocking on her door yeah <laughs> just <laughs> like hey how you doing it's like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> um but within the classic vampire story as well too as as we've been mentioning i think you know, it was fun. I I always find it fun to see how a director interprets all of that that goes into the to the vampire um the lore and stuff as well too, and how the vampire dies. True Blood kind of did the same thing. Obviously, they can't be outside or they bust into flames. So that was a a really cool version. And as do they in this version as well too. Um, but it it, it just it felt more painful. Like when they took yeah. um, Mary. Mary when they took Mary into town and they show her to yeah. everybody and then she was running around she's like no 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 it's okay and then like and it wasn't an instant like Whew, you're on fire it was very like a gradual kind of like all right yeah you you're starting to smoke a little girl <laughs> <laughs> you might want to go inside and and she's like she's like I'm okay I'm okay everyone and they're like uh no you're not girl like you look <laughs> you're really pale <laughs> someone smell that barbecue like what is yeah. that <laughs> Oh, you're sizzling. What? Like literally, she's sounding yeah. like one of those fajita things from like <laughs> from chilies. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I that was really like I felt I felt bad for her. Like I felt yeah. so bad. Like that's terrifying. How how do you just watch that in freaking like old 1800s town? Like all of them just they were all and then too they were all like. Like, just jaws open, on yeah. the floor and they were like don't touch me no don't touch me. and the, i think that was the funniest part because at one point like she's going around trying to like ask for help and like yeah. one of them were like oh, no, yeah they're like oh no nope. like, wait wait hold up you're on fire let me see you and well, that's not natural yeah that, that's <laughs> sound bite and uh <laughs> And um, but yeah, so I, I, I think I think they did a great job with it. I really felt the pain in that one and really felt just, you know, the oh, man, the heartbreak in that, too, because yeah. he's watching his wife like he knows his wife is already gone. Yeah. However, you but at the same time, like you still have to watch her now still die. Yeah. At least the, the vessel that was once your wife is now leaving. 
and, yeah. and 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 no matter how much you've already accepted the fact that all right she's a vampire she's no longer who she is she can leave but then you still have to be like all right i still have to do it like i still have yeah. to put the stake in her or i still have to put her outside in in the sunlight or i have to do something to hurt her and i think what made it even more like realistic for me was that he didn't really do anything mm -hmm. he just stood there and they didn't even really like kind of focus in on him much they every once in a while they would like come back to him and it was pretty much like a blank stare yeah. he was saddened but like he wasn't like hyperventilating he wasn't crying like him, like crazy and he it, it, you could just tell that he was just heartbroken yeah <laughs> like he was just he was in pain so interesting i the interesting thing about the uh constable there are some characters in the show from the town that they're they're just so hateable because they're just so annoying they're so full of hate um like the minister's wife's dad the old man oh yes god she's so annoying <laughs> but anyway Dude, most of these people were annoying yeah like, honestly yeah until they until they start <laughs> until shit goes down <laughs> yeah until shit hit the fan and they're like oh and they're like oh shit we oh. should probably help <laughs> <laughs> we should probably fight the vampires <laughs> yeah we should probably do something now right y'all <laughs> but so what i thought was interesting about the constable is that he really did always try to be fair especially to Charles and then that one yeah flashback he had when he was like walking up to Chapelway and he has this flat this flashback I think of like him when he was a teenager and he yeah. he walks up on um Char I think it's Charles and Steven's grandmother the, silence with the is, kids and everybody yeah. Right? yeah so her name's Silence Boone and she started off fine but the constable back when he was a young boy walked up to the family home on to the scene of of the grandmother trying to kill her two sons by hanging them from a tree and she's hanging from a tree her kids are hanging from a tree and so he goes in and tries to rescue them and she's telling him don't don't rescue us like there's nothing you can do um of course at the time he didn't realize what she what meant it would by turn the, into, yeah. yeah what she meant by that but so he was able to save the two sons and unfortunately she died by you know hanging herself but like yeah i mean she even like slapped his like knife out of his hand whenever she was like when he was trying to cut her off yeah like, no <laughs> yeah so i thought that was a really interesting little like a little flashback yeah i yeah. really enjoyed that too and like backstory for for him yeah. for the constable like he didn't play a, a big role but in the end like he was one of like charles's champions that helped yeah. fight off a martyr yeah yeah i liked him we i liked him, him too <laughs> I, and, and, yeah, I really liked him too oh you know what one thing that i was gonna mention i told you this uh, one thing that i was annoyed about i don't like the whispering like adrian brody's <laughs> character whispers all 10 episodes y'all like even when shit hits the fan he's like okay we got to go i was like you need to put a little urgency on this adrian <laughs> he does he does i think there was one time where he got mad in the show and it was yeah. when uh i think the the old pastor told him something or something and he oh, was yeah. like what do you gotta say or something like that something along those lines and i was like "Ooh, adrian yeah even when he beats the shit out of somebody too he's like remember my name i was like Dude. Down, batman like <laughs> yeah that was kind of awesome though. that was pretty awesome i was, I'm not gonna lie. I was waiting for that part because i'm like he's a sea captain and like yeah. you know i expect him to be tough and surly and whatever and he kind of has that demeanor because i'm like i wouldn't yeah. mess with 
freaking see Captain Adrian Brody. Uh-uh. I wouldn't miss Adrian Brody in general. I'd be scared if I found him in like a alleyway. He has a scary face. <laughs> does, does, did you ever watch, um, uh, what's that show? It's so popular on Netflix. Peaky Blinders. No. No, you've never seen Peaky no, Blinders? Oh, he comes out on Peaky Blinders, I think. He's uh, one of the uh, mob boss guys. Oh, um, okay. Oh, oh, fuck. I, yeah, when, I can totally they, do that. Yeah, when they do like a crossover between like gangs in the States versus gangs in the UK the or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever Peaky Blinders are from. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Adrian, yeah, he just has that face that like kind of scared yeah. you. Like, yeah. you know who else? Like Ray Liotta. Like old yeah. Ray Liotta yeah. now. Like, don't, oh, God, he scares me. Yeah. You need oh, to watch. I think you what, need what, to check and it out. What, what is that one on? Netflix. Okay, Netflix. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't um, seen that one. Okay, Cillian Murphy. Dude, I have so much. <gasps> Dude, yes. I love Cillian Murphy. He's the main character. Dude. Mm-hmm. Was it you that, I don't know if it was, maybe it was when I was talking to box office bingers. Um, somebody hasn't seen Red Eye. Have you seen Red Eye? Rachel not. McAdams and um, Cillian Murphy. They're on a plane. And it's and it's Wes Craven. Wes Craven directed it. My oh, dude, it still holds up. If you haven't seen this movie, like watch it. It still holds up. <laughs> I just googled red eye, and it's like red eye is usually caused by allergy, eye fatigue. Over- <laughs> <laughs> Your computer was listening because we were just talking about allergies right before the show started. <laughs> She's like, like, hey, no. FYI, if my if my voice starts to like crack allergies are in full season i was like oh don't worry about it girl <laughs> oh gosh i sound like ah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> and it was like it's on brand for this episode I'm trying to be <clears throat> creepy no actually okay i have never heard of this movie ever no okay ever. see if oh, okay i don't i don't know if it's like streaming anywhere so see if it's streaming anywhere and then for those of you that are listening as well too i highly suggest red eye um it was in 2006 2005 Okay, 2005. So 2005, it's directed by the late, great um, Wes Craven and Master of Suspense um, from Scream movies, all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, But it is, it's great. Majority of this film takes place on the red eye on a plane. And then it just kind of goes from there. It's just great suspense, and it's it's so good. So I highly Hmm. suggest it. I'm interested. Yeah. Cillian Murphy should be a vampire. Oh, you know what? He was in a vampire movie. What was it, 28 days later? I'm like the worst person to ask. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's like on to the me. topic of, on the topic of. <laughs> I'm learning something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of vampires. Um, let's see. Cillian. Yeah. 28 yeah. days later. Yeah. 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 So that, that one's, um, yeah, there's, there's another one. Is that, I don't even think that's vampires, honestly. That's what? Four weeks after. Like zombies? A mysterious incurable virus spreads. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the rage really virus. Yeah. Well, Cillian Murphy should oh, be yeah. in a vampire movie if he's never been in one. He should. Yeah. Him and Jared Leto. Oh my God. <laughs> him and Jared Leto. I mean, they if they remade Interview with a Vampire. Oh. Is that the okay. that's the Brad Pitt one, right? Yeah. Tom Cruise. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Then yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd be on board for that. Did I just fucking write a remake? Are they remaking <laughs> that already? <laughs> I think. Oh well, then never mind. I think it's supposed to be a show. Oh, uh, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. AMC's, yeah. Oh, and that was one of the, uh, I was looking when I was reading up on um, Chapel Wait and also kind of like doing some comparison and contrast of like the book and about the show. Um, I was, I, I came across this um, interview with the directors. They were discussing, you know, they were asking, you know, Sci-Fi was um, doing an interview with them and had asked them, you know, hey, you know, you, you, you had a short story, so you didn't really have a lot to work with. 
and you expanded it into a 10 part series, you know, but then you ended it open ended and they had asked to go, was this a one and done? Because I'm a a fan of one and done shows. Uh, I really am. Like if you if you give me a great story, if it's a one and done, great. I don't I don't need to have the 400 sequels. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But um, but with Chapel Wait at the end of it, it was like done with a question mark at the end (laughs) and okay so we need to talk about the ending yeah so for the ending i was like okay damn i can appreciate this ending there's some closure but then it's like yeah there could be a part two like what does he do and and, and that's exactly what the director (laughs) said they're like originally because they're brothers the directors are brothers Um, what are their names um jason and i have it 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 Jason, Jason and Peter. and Peter Filardi. Okay. Yes. So Jason and Peter. And then Jason was saying how, like, you know, originally my brother and I had always thought it was going to be as a one season type of miniseries. But saying that, like, we had crafted it, it at, we crafted it that the door is open. So you can, you can accept it as this is a one and done or there's the we didn't fully close the door if somebody happens to like kick it open a little bit we might do some more stuff so it was like okay like there's like he's like there's a lot of the boone family and so there's definitely an open door for like another season because if i mean in reality i mean obviously from you know from jerusalem's lot you're going to salem's lot um or you know and then and then even if you don't want to do salem's lot and you just want to go fast for like you flash forward to modern day times or for you know a few maybe a couple of decades um, forward you still have the boone family legacy still going on because that's one of the things that happens at the end of the short story is that you're seeing all these letters and then there's one point where it's like and then after this entry of his diary um there was no more heard from whatever boone and then it was like from the letter of so and so and then at the end of it um you're you're listening to or you're listening to it or you're reading it and then you're like that's why I don't believe this like because this was this was wrong I was like wait this way this was weird why is this like worded funny and uh-huh. then it was in it was I guess in within modern times in, yeah. in, within the 1970s yeah um it was like they the the um the Descended. narrator yeah just you find out that it's another relative of the Boone family and he's like so no 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 this was like you know they clearly you know forged his handwriting and all this other stuff he goes but I will say one thing they were right about the rats in the wall they make so much noise and it was like and then it kind of just ends there you're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Steven. <laughs> yeah, I was like fucking Stephen King, dude. Like he's just he got me again, bro. And oh man, like and he's good. And you're like, you son of a bitch. Like and, and like no, I'm not gonna say that it's easy writing, but it's also just like kind of easy storytelling, which is like it's it's like Stephen King can be complicated. Yeah. And Stephen King can oh, deliver yeah. things like that. Yeah, like Jesus. And um or Stephen <laughs> King can be super, you know, easy reading, like you say easy reading like you're gonna read something fun. But but it's <laughs> <laughs> it's very depressing. It's easy, but you're gonna be traumatized. Yeah, you're traumatized. <laughs> um and, and it's easy reading, but at the same time it's it's terrifying and, and you're like, oh my God, you know, oh shit. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I really, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed both. I, I, I think that the book provided me more, the, the show provided me more of a story. 
the show is okay so give me more i guess the show just gave me more content (laughs) the show gives more for charles yeah um his character is expanded his character is a father his character is a sea captain you know he has three children um and then he has to confront what is actually cursing his family on top of a cluster of vampires are related to vampires and it just so happens that two of his relations are also vampires and then okay so to backtrack a little bit just to discuss the ending because that ending really is very different from the resolution in the short story yeah so his so his relations steven and fella basically they lured charles to chapelweight because they need him to find the book his madness and the madness of the boons is caused by the book and the book can only be found by a living relative Mm -hmm. and so the madness that they experience with like these oh gosh uh, we didn't even talk about the hallucinations in the show of of worms And like worms coming out of his nose, and like classic, like, classic Stephen King, right? Like yeah, just yeah, all yeah. that gross stuff and like <laughs> crazy imagery. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So he has these hallucinations of these worms, and it goes back to that night where his dad's talking about like the corruption of the worm and the worm is coming and blood calls the blood and all that well it's linked to that vampire bible um divermis mysterious mysterious divermis mysterious which the latin translation the mysteries of the worm i think it's what it translates to anyway so they philip and stephen realize that they can no longer hear the book calling to them through the these hallucinations and the madness of worms that's why they lure charles to chapel weight yeah in their attempt to get to force charles to find the book for them instead of giving the book over to Jacob in Jerusalem's lot, the leader of that vampire group. Edward Cullen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they get to Charles through his middle daughter named Loa, mm-hmm. ultimately killing her and bringing her back as a vampire. Yeah. Unfortunately, so. She's a creepy little thing, too. She is so creepy. You know, and I felt so, at first, like, she was very annoying because, like, she, of course, she was very angry about her mother's passing and she blamed him for, like, really no good reason. And (laughs) I um, think at one point she was like, you threw her overboard. I was like, well, she was fucking dead, dude. (laughs) You're on the sea. What are you going to do? Keep her on the ship. (laughs) It was an at sea burial. Like, what did you. You threw her over. I was like, well, yeah, she's dead, stupid, and she had, like, sickness. <laughs> Get yeah. out of here. So she was, she was an angry girl, understandably, but Adrian yeah. Brody's character really tried his best with her, and he all he did was want to love yeah. her and protect her, but she listened, unfortunately, to the lies of Philip and Stephen, and she became a vampire because they promised that she would be able to see her mother and all this stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so ultimately... Charles was able to find the book. Um, there is this whole crazy ass battle between the town in Jerusalem's lot against all the vampires, um, trying to recover that book to keep it out of their hands. And because the moment that the the book was finished after after you finished reading it was when night would come or when the darkness would come the is what darkness. they would say. And the darkness. Um, but yeah, so the darkness came after they were done reading the book, which meant that. Darkness. It was like the end. Darkness forever. Lights the off. End. Yeah. 
<laughs> lights are off and who who run the vampires. world vampires not girls <laughs> but vampires uh well girl vampires probably but <clears throat> but yeah so i think so then there was that moment where yeah you saw the urgency of trying to get that yeah. book away and you know and then of course promising the world to her that you're, you'll see your mother again like you yeah. just said and it's like actually uh we just wanted to be yeah. dark we, <laughs> we just wanted to be the rulers of vampire world mm-hmm. but anyway okay so to discuss the ending so if all that yeah. wasn't like crazy or epic enough then they they go back to Chapelweight. They have the book in hand. Charles makes the decision to become the keeper of the book. And the way that he can do this is by having Loa, his daughter, turn him into a vampire so that he could live forever. Get mm-hmm. the doctor of Preacher's Corners to open him up and sew the book into him. Into his person, yeah. so he can literally be the like, keeper of the book. <laughs> and yeah, he then chooses to <laughs> go back to the sea and become. And then he pu- he, he puts the children in care of um of oh, yeah. Rebecca, like he yeah. Like, so you know, right? yeah, and so Rebecca tells him that uh she would be more than happy to stay with the children for the rest of their lives if they have her. And she effectively becomes a member of the family. And unfortunately, she's unable. Like, that's another, like, it's slightly tragic thing. That, like, love, love little story there. Like, they started to develop feelings for each other. But they could not be with each other. I know, he's like, all right, lover. I'm going to put this book in my body. And no vampire will ever come towards my children as long as I'm never near them. So please, (laughs) go away. And it's like, cast you out. And you're like, oh. We can't be together. Um, And that was another interesting part of. Um, interesting point of the plot was that as a keeper of the book, not only would he keep or prevent vampires like Jacob or Philip or Stephen from attacking his family ever again, but he would then solve the issue of like the of the madness of the curse of the book affecting yeah. his family line from there forward. Yeah, I was gonna say his lineage. Yeah. Line. So he kind of he kind of like he just he just put it at a stopping like he put a stopping point at it or at least until I mean he's et- eternal so until I guess until he's until, dead yeah. <laughs> then the then the book is yeah is open it's fair game again open season again on that book um, yeah I really like that like the book was very much treated almost like any other like like the Evil Dead or like any of these other like you know horror story books that where it's like don't read the book of the damned (laughs) (laughs) and it's like what happens it's like oh the mummy comes to life or oh my god the 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 fucking evil shit comes out of the the basement but yeah so it was i thought that was great and you know what okay so it was really funny because i was thinking about this because i don't know if you had ever watched um did you ever watch the salem's lot um where is that (laughs) you got rats in your walls (laughs) Oh my god, that was terrifying. What was that? It's coming from my phone, but I don't know what's making that noise. What? I hear it. I hear it too. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Oh my my god. Okay, my notes and I had like one of okay a scene was like playing in the background of chapel way it was the one where the where he was pulling the um his nose off and everything oh pretty my much. god i was like what the f- what is <laughs> all right well now that everybody's awake and we're terrified <laughs> 
oh yeah so okay so salem's lot was was made for tv it was like a made for tv movie um but it was funny because they did it's it salem's lot is like 400 plus pages yeah and they turned it into a two-part mini series so mm-hmm. it so and it's one of those things where i so if you've never seen salem's lot i think arguably it's too short like it's too brief wow. for for all that for for everything that goes into it vice versa i feel like chapel which is not anywhere near 400 pages long is arguably a little bit too long like i think we could have condensed a lot of this and gone like right into a lot but i felt like there was a lot that was like dragging but for the most part i thought it was a great addition to this to to this short story Mm -hmm. this short story you can tell was literally a jumping off point for these directors Mm -hmm. and they literally like went to town with it they were just like you know what we know exactly what these characters are now let's give them a little bit more backstory and let's go ahead and show you a little bit more here let's maybe add in a person or two and give a little bit more feeling add a love interest and and you know put all this into it so for them yeah for like i i really enjoy that um that the fact that they did that but vice versa i think that jerusalem's lot would benefit from a 10 part series <laughs> and you you probably could have done chapel weight maybe to a six to eight series like six yeah. to eight episode series i think so like i i like the fact that it ran up until halloween i think it like if yeah. that that if that was the point had we watched it like on a regular schedule as it was released um, up until Halloween, it probably would have... Like, that's a little bit more atmospheric in that regard. Yeah, Um, So that would have been a cool thing, like, to get ready for spooky (laughs) season. Um, So, but I I do... When you told me that you felt it was a slow burn, I could definitely see that. I think... I wonder if maybe it's just because of that might be due to the the period setting yeah and i feel like that because like no matter what the film is if it's within those kind of period film settings yeah you're, you're kind of right everything's pretty slow it might be, <laughs> it might be a little slow going it's yeah. not like it's not fast it's not super yeah. sexy or anything i mean adrian brody does come out in like a towel yeah that was unnecessary <laughs> honestly <laughs> was, you know it was unnecessary how like extremely low it was barely hanging onto his hips it like, was all like, unnecessary like like literally like like the moment the moment that he came in and i was just like oh i was like what and then he's like yeah like you said it was just so low like yeah. it was he walked in and he was just like holding his towel and doing this little number i was like what are you doing like what are you doing and then like like it was like a low cut towel and then he's yeah. like let me just kind of like throw it around me i was like yeah this was unnecessary adrian brody nobody needed to see any of that <laughs> Yeah, it was a little too much. That was that was that was very weird. Okay, I'm glad that you noticed that as well too. <laughs> yeah, I did notice when that. I was when I was watching it, I was like, "This feels weird." <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Ew, this feels really weird. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> did you want to talk about? Did you prefer the the story or? So as you can, so obviously, as you can tell. I think we're both on opposite ends of like what we enjoyed on this version. Um, final thoughts, and you know, we'll we'll do the age old question: What was better, the um, the book or the adaptation? Um, for me, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the short story. I think the short story packs a punch in a very short amount of time and keeps you on the edge of your seat with the amount of thrill and terror that only Stephen King can provide, and 
with the with the with the a lack of details in some portions of the story brought so much more terror than what most stories that give you so much detail about hor horrific things so um but i did i really really did enjoy this um this series and because you know whenever i had told you about it i kind of you were like really i'm like i was like all right you know what Steph? maybe you weren't paying attention properly <laughs> so i went back and like rewatched a couple of episodes i was like okay okay yeah i see it i see it um so i did enjoy chapel Wait, and it was a very it was it was done really well um i think it would have thrived in an hbo setting oh yeah that's a whole other like let's talk about that because i think if it was like an yeah. hbo setting or even amc yes yeah like it probably would have benefited from a little bit of a darker tone and from a little bit more budget. yeah a little bit more budget <laughs> maybe a little bit more fast paced yeah. and this moving the story along yes and i and i feel like i feel like hbo honestly i feel like hbo can do no wrong whatever hbo puts out it's it's great content and, and, and even if it's not up your alley or mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're watching they produce really yeah. good content and i i think that that's and that's you know that has to go towards the writers of a lot of things that they do so again i think they wrote a wonderful a wonderful um series but i i do think that you know if you if you would have had that hbo money yeah. you would have you would have just taken it up that notch and i and i feel it would have been there i thought it was interesting though that they they were able to cast adrian brody as like the main protagonist like on epics. yeah on epics like yeah <laughs> I mean, and he did a good job. It wasn't like yeah, a particularly like, but I don't know, like demanding character. But like, uh, but yeah. as, his whispers aside, I know that bothered you. I was, I was all right <laughs> with it. Um, yeah. Like I really <laughs> was invested in his character. Yeah. Oh, and I was too. I mean, I mean, I was just <laughs> the whispers just annoyed me. But, I, <laughs> like, but as a character, yeah. I think he was very well like established yeah. and developed. So, and and I thought, and and that I will say that I do agree with you on that. I do think that taking the the character of Charles Boone from the short story and putting him as the main protagonist and like making him you know just kind of adapting him even more and expanding on that story really was beautiful. I was just annoyed that he whispered. <laughs> like I took, I know he just like killed a vampire, and then they're being attacked, and he's like, "Let's go." <laughs> I was like, "What do you say? What do you say? What do you say?" Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. like, and and it's like, and the, somebody was like, "You can't take your eyes off Adrian." Bro oh, that was the the directors that the same interview that I was reading. They were like, "Yeah, we just feel like you lean in, and you just like can't take your eyes off Adrian." Bro, I was like, "Yeah, because I can't fucking hear him." <laughs> That's why I'm leaning in. I can't hear him. <laughs> trying to hear those whispers. I know. But, he was yeah. Like, oh, that would have been, like, it would be interesting to see a, a bigger network, um, yeah. to see this story on a bigger network. Um, I, it's hard for me to say whether or not, like, which one I preferred, honestly, because yeah. I, I really like yeah. the short story. Mm -hmm. It's enthralling on its own and then i like the show and this dude honestly i feel just like the way that you i feel like the show you really invested in yeah. the show 
like the show was like i mean you 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 got you you got the details yeah. from it i was like oh yeah that yeah. did happen <laughs> but and like the short story was just very like compelling well, and i think what the plot of the show had that the short story lacked well uh, lacked yeah maybe lacked um yeah. that the show really expanded on it and went off on this whole journey with yeah was that that concept of the ancestral curse and not only that but the psychological yeah. trauma and like the who the hysteria and the hallucinations and the madness like i felt that's just all very like stephen king like psychological mess yeah. with your head and then on top of it you have this like creepy ass house that has like a hidden freaking whole other half behind the walls like i'm sorry like, like if this was hgtv we hit the jackpot <laughs> we got like, some more well, this adds a whole other twenty five thousand here yeah we got more square footage in this house like that's great but back in the 1800s fuck no that means there's a curse <laughs> that means you got freaking vampires <laughs> you got vampires in your wall girl you gotta go you got a vampire infestation <laughs> you in danger girl <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I I really, it's hard for me to call which one I liked better. Honestly, I like them both for very different reasons, um, yeah. which just goes to say that this, this story, the concept of this, this vampire story, it's a short story, but it packs a punch. It's yeah. just really great. There Fun you have times. It, <laughs> Fun times. So, from our family at Real Readers to your family, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> As we discuss vampires and eating each other, <laughs> just make sure you don't bite your family members this holiday don't season. Don't curse them. Don't curse anybody. Don't cur yeah, don't put no curses on your family, guys, because then it just it doesn't go good for any of y'all. <laughs> So, okay. So that was great. You know, this was a fun show. I enjoyed this because we kind of kept the spooky season going. But at the same time, it was like, you know what? This is a family story. It really is. Um, and how they overcome a lot of stuff that's going on, as we do during said holiday seasons. Um, so we are, we are so glad that you joined us for this episode of Real Readers. Stay tuned for our next episode, uh, which will be one of our straight from the concession stands. We're going to discuss, oh, what was the movie you wanted to talk about? Um, Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright. Last Night in Soho, um, Anya Taylor-Joy, right? That's yes. Okay, yeah, I yes. do. I love Anya. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and check that out as well, too, before um, we do our concession stand episode. And then, of course, we're going to give you some more tidbits of things that we're watching and things that are exciting for us as well too so come have some fun with us you know on the next episode um our concession stand episodes don't have to particularly pertain to a book that adapts into a show it's kind of just like what's on our mind and what we're um, what we're doing as always i'm your host stev and i'm your host cat keep your nose in the pages and keep your eyes on the screen we'll see you for the next episode of real readers guys see ya bye Hey, Real Readers, welcome to the credits. Instrumental theme titled Cafe Cubano, used with permission by beat mixer and creator Amin Maxwell. That's A M I N E M A X W E L L, Amin Maxwell, on YouTube and SoundCloud. Source credits for sound effects used can be found in the description for this podcast episode. Till next time. And. and ooh, <laughs> oh, oh. <sorry. laughs> and, Spicy. <ooh>. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 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 Apologies, listener. I didn't mean to burp in your ear. <laughs> um, but.